To enjoy this and other great episodes on Patreon, check out the link in the description and subscribe via the Black Kluge tier for full access to over 100 exclusive episodes. For those of you who would like some QF swag on TeePublic t-shirts, magnets, mugs, what have you, also click on the link in the description. And the producer of Howard's Porky's Project telling Howard 100 News the script for the remake is ready to go. Dan Gross saying it's full speed ahead to make Howard Stern's Porky's this fall. That's true. I watch that and I go, who the fuck would want to be broke? I mean, Ryan Seacrest makes a lot of money. What, what does he want to be on New Year's Eve doing that dumb fucking show? But he loves that shit. He loves to work. Sure does. I don't. I'm looking to make the most amount of money I can with the least amount with of money. With maybe one job. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, listen, thank God she's growing up nice. She's not getting any of that awkward stage like that lispy kid. Yeah, she doesn't look awkward. You're right. I said to her, Millie, we can't tolerate you having some sort of awkward stage. You got to do a Brooke Shields and just be hot from the time you're a little girl to the time you're a woman. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So I wake you. up in the morning. I see Ralph's bedroom is empty. Artie, I, I realize Ar Artie locks his door at night. I well, noticed you lucky. Do you have a thing? Uh, because no. what I did was I tried to open the door to see if you were in there because I figured both of you guys were gone. And then the door was locked. Uh, I don't remember doing it. Maybe I did it out of habit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you lock yourself in at home? Yeah, no, not in. in the bedroom, bedroom. But I might have. I was a little drunk myself. I might have locked the. I guess like I locked the, the front door. door. Well, good thing you did, because I would have been in your room. Right. Are you smart? Who needs you in? Right. <laughs> always lock your door at Howard's house. Meanwhile. Yes, right. You have raised children in the age of the cell phone. Yes, I have. And uh, you find that. Your kids like to text. They do. But do you ever text and not get an answer back? Yeah, sure. And how does All that make time. you feel? Well, I know they're glued to that thing 24-7. Yeah. Even Beth does that to me. Uh-huh. Like, I write her and she doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't answer. Like, uh, the one who was in the first Spider-Man where you play the villain. Your boyfriend. Oh, my God. What a... You saw him in a play. Oh, Willem Dafoe. I think he was naked in the play. Willem Dafoe. Didn't you see him in a play naked? No. Someone told me he was in a play once naked, and uh, well, he's I got a huge cock. I think she's some kind of an editor. Yeah, Gail's Oprah's Ralph. <laughs> oh, that's a good way to put it. All right. But, but uh, she actually completes things. <laughs> yeah, she does. She does? <laughs> no, I, my theory is, and, you know, hey, it's only a theory. I ain't saying anybody's a lesbo. I don't know. But I feel those two are in love with each other and that they do each other and that they have sex with each other. Ah. Blown out lesbian wow. sex. So she really is his route. They travel together. You agree, right? I, I totally agree. And I, I, think, felt it. I think if that is true, Oprah should come out of the closet. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to QF, a podcast about Howard Stern. I'm your host, as always, uh, Fillmore, a.k.a. Jim <laughs> Fix. With me is Sam. <laughs> I almost said, I'm your host, QF. <laughs> Uh, anyway, we're going to go into September 18th. We're doing a breakdown and as, uh, most likely going to cover f the Ronnie's wedding as well. Uh, we know we're, we're delayed a little bit, but uh, we're going to push through. There is going to be a part two of the Paul Simon interview. I have enough clips for definitely another episode, and I hope you guys enjoyed that one. Um, the first one is called Audio Fuck Up First Time. This is from September 18th. She's okay with using heterosexuality, just not gay people. And that's that's what I take issue with too. Is I don't I don't well, do sexual stuff in front of my kids. And how embarrassing! Like she's at a play. 
Okay. <laughs> it's like something rubbing up against something, but I have no idea. It's just something, it, but it's not. It's something internal. There's some screw up of theirs. What is that sound? It just sounded like uh, somebody rubbing up against the mic, like rubber hitting the mic. I'll play number two, f- second time. You guys better laugh at me or I'll stab you and behead you. <laughs> I will kill you. Oh my <laughs> Fillmore, this sounds like you know when you're like um I don't know if anybody's ever either taken the Disney bus or a school bus and you're sweaty, it's summer, there's no air conditioning, and it's your time to get up and get off the bus and you have a heavy backpack on and all of a sudden you get up but when you scrape across that seat it's just like i don't know it sounds like howard's getting out of his latex gimp costume before he fucks ralph or something i don't know um the next oh, the, one, we it a- does it sounds like boots like when i take off my really tight boots like that are mm-hmm. very tight to my skin it makes mm-hmm. a similar sound if i've been dancing uh, and it, and it, if someone if someone wants to tell me that's an uh, effect from from Fred, it's the first time I've fucking heard it. So here's the third time. I'm going to bed without dessert tonight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a pretty pretty stiff penalty. Uh, yeah, uh, it's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt. Oh, it yeah. sounds like so, a really bad leather couch fart. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, this next one is about the Paul Simon interview. They they basically they have a fake caller call in uh to uh exp- like basically a, be an apologist for why it was such a low boring low key boring fucking t- piece of shit interview and John Hines in there to talk a little bit more and oh. explain why it went the way it did. And I and spent most of my weekend thinking about Paul Simon. Oh, good. But uh Hey, Mike, you're on the air in uh, New York. Hey, hey now. Good morning, Howard. Um, my question is, when you have a uh, guest like Paul Simon, who seems to me, uh, not that I know him, that he's um, sort of like a low-key guy, kind of relaxed, do you kind of yeah. change the way you interview him like with your energy? Because you're a high-energy <laughs> guy, typically, and I was, I figure like... High energy. Are you... <laughs> so they frame this yeah. debacle of an interview. And how it sucks. Without saying it sucks. To have somebody call in and preemptively say that Paul Simon's a low energy guy. Mm-hmm. So let me so let me ask you about the process of your bullshit interview skills. Yeah, as a cover up to explain, like, because I know you 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 heard it for fuck's sake. There's no it's, way Howard expected it to go like that fucking that drudgery. Well, if you have somebody, how I would prepare for somebody like a Paul Simon is there's something called YouTube, Howard. Let's see how he interviews Mm -hmm. in the last, I don't know, 30 plus years since he's been famous and then go from there and then kind of like hone in on what's not working. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, I've never, we've never, uh, uh, now mind you, like when we had to interview Florentine, it's not like I went through every single interview he's ever done because he's done tons of them, Uh, but I definitely. I did a uh, lot of them. Remember specific ones and, uh, and I, I remember a cross section of them. So I knew what not to ask, but I also remember specifically saying, let's go a little further into a question he did answer, but not 
really to the best he could have like he, he definitely didn't go they didn't push him to go further down that rabbit hole and i thought we could that we could have more fun with this and well, I, it's it's well, not that hard you're right i mean i have the advantage of being a fan of jim florentine from the beginning but also you know listening to him from different platforms including opie and anthony and howard stern mm-hmm. and i also happen to listen to things like adam carolla or allison Whatever her name is. Yeah, like he's done multiple different platforms where I've listened to his interviews. So I kind of know where to go and where to not go or what I want more out of when I was listening to some of those interviews. But if I was preparing for Paul Simon, why wouldn't you go and research how other people have interviewed him to sort of have some sort of better ability to navigate that interview if you knew how kind of of how he was? And not to tread old ground for fuck's sake, because every, who really does there is there any mystery left about those classic Simon and Garfunkel songs? He's probably talked about them a thousand times. Well, not that we're going to get any new information. That's the whole point. If right. if you're if you're if you're pretending to be in this because you want to give the audience new information about the old Cecilia song, yeah. it's not gonna it's not happening. No, not at all. Each guest, you have to sort of think differently, and I was wondering how you approach Paul Simon. I don't know, man. That's a good question. I, you know, the problem I with did me nothing. is, yeah, I was talking to John Hine about this yesterday. I have got so much fucking, I have so many questions about every aspect of his career that I haven't quite figured out, as I said to Robin this morning, what is it you eliminate from asking him? I mean, there. Okay, you've been doing interviewing for how many decades and you don't know how to omit shit? I, I, I'm right with you. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, what the fuck? On top of it, Fillmore, wouldn't it be more interesting if you have somebody that's been famous for this long with the amount of fuckery that has went on with record labels and artists mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. maybe get into that angle? Do you want to make some press, Howard? How about you talk about how Arista, how Sony, how Tommy, anybody has gone after artists and pillaged them? Bad boy. I don't care who they are. Maybe yeah. go down that angle if you really want to make press. You're right. such Why a fucking you scaredy little bitch interviewing him about nothing. Right. If you want to get technical, then ask him how, you know, technology has changed how he records. Like if it's changed it, does he go back to like analog sound? Does he, you know, um, gear? If you want to talk gear, go ahead. There's loads of people want to hear that as well. They might be curious. It might affect how they record things. That's that's stuff. That's an angle I could get behind. There's so many different elements to this guy's life that you could just talk about. You could just talk to him about Garfunkel. You could talk well, to what if you can talk. The thought in your head should not be what should I eliminate? What what kind of thought process is this? Like if you really want a good interview, what can't you talk about? How about going down those angles if you really researched a person that you were interested in and thinking about what wasn't untapped, like what wasn't tapped? What can you untap? I mean, I yep. don't understand this thought process. It, what he's trying to explain away, obviously, sorry, he's trying to explain away a shitty, uh, basically he's trying to, remember when that guy called in after the Robert plant, it might have been a back office caller, and he said, 
Uh, he didn't seem uh, interested in uh, talking about the old well, stuff, you know, and he was trying to, he was, yeah, it was just, uh, I, he knew the interview went badly with this one. I think he didn't know until afterwards, like he, it, while it was happening, he thought it was the bee's knees, but he got probably some feedback from people and they're like, oh God, that was brutal. And now he's had to set this up to explain it. Yes. I took this as the Chevy Chase speech in his wedding. Where he didn't realize it, it was bad at first. Whereas exactly. I think the Robert Plant one, he knew went horribly as it was happening. Um, I don't. Well, he he knew sooner after that than he did with this one. Oh, he realized it by the end of that interview when he yeah. was asking to leave. Yeah, he yeah. knew. Oh, oh, he knew. <laughs> yeah, certainly. With the, with this one, it's like uh, I think, and I think during it, he got. Actually, you know what? The way he he continued with the fucking questions and said you could go piss twice, I still think he had to be told it was shitty after the fact. I think, though, that there is this level of lack of preparation from him where it's Mm -hmm. you don't need somebody to say it's his vibe or he comes off as you should already know how he is as a person because you've studied multiple interviews for him. If this was really important to you, like Mm -hmm. if this really mattered and you could ask him anything you wanted, you have this person who you put in such high regard and respect for do yourself the favor, listen to multiple interviews and pick and choose things that you think are going to be more interesting to delve into. But he didn't do any of that. No, and, and this is proof. You're going to hear proof as soon as Jan Hine comes in. And you're going to hear proof that someone else writes his questions for him. They know how to research based on his directives. Look for father hunger. Look for uh, some type of song that has to do with fathers. Obviously, the big songs, research them, put them in. Ask about little minutia. And he just, all he does is he gets the notes and he decides with the Sharpie or whatever. I'm not, like, he puts a little star. Ask this one, ask this one, ask this one. But he doesn't do any of his own prep. And you'll hear, because John, John knows about it. He knows about the notes, meaning he's had, and we know he's had to tap these people for help because he's a useless piece of shit and doesn't know music or, or like music. Well, apparently his his, his employees don't either. But no. m- more importantly, I would look at every interview he's ever given and come to the conclusion, anything that's going to make news or be interesting is do what you did beforehand when you would ask these questions about personal events or interactions yep. with other celebrities yep. or something that's that went down in the press I mean, there's things if you want to go down that like scandalous angle that you were so good at doing before that made news, do that. This guy is so he's such a big deal that I said to John Ein yesterday, here's 50 questions I could start this interview with. 50. Just to start the interview, you got yeah, 50. Like, I'm questions. not sure. Exactly. Here's you 50. need 10 hours. You need 10 hours. You know, it's just. Oh, kill me now. So, again, that's just apologist bullshit. They didn't. He didn't plan on that happening. But you had to. I, I, You look up old interviews like they he and Edie Brickell were in court for like a domestic abuse uh, call about uh, eight years ago. And it must have been like fucking Mike Tyson hitting a, a Beetlejuice. But um they uh it was it turned out to be squashed like they was not a big deal but it was between the two of them so they made up they're still they're they're still married and all that big deal but um you could hear his voice then it was very faint it was very he's always been like a a very weaselly sounding little troll 
uh, when he's doing interviews, when he's being interviewed by anybody. So this this shouldn't be a fucking surprise to you if you've done your homework. Well, you know, as we've done interviews, for example, we know one person who was under the influence heavily when we did an interview and it was tough. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a different explanation. But if you're going into something with somebody you apparently have so much, so much love for, so much admiration for, I just personally would take more time to think about the things he's already said, not repeat them, and try to go down different angles that are more interesting. Mm -hmm. I don't know why he doesn't do that, but to say that, oh my God, there's just such, such an immense amount of things I could ask this person. It's so overwhelming that I failed is yeah. not an explanation. No, it's not, not an ex explanation to say, no. look at this catalog, look at this career, look at these years. This is why I couldn't hold a fucking candle to anybody else doing an interview because it's so expansive, Fillmore. It's yeah, that. This is why the interview sucked because I didn't have enough time. He had two fucking piss breaks and he had to leave to go get a flu shot. But that's the the problem was I needed ten hours. Uh, that's just insane. Yeah, I'm not buying Hi, John, it. What did I say to you yesterday? I said fifty. Every minute I go, have, here's a way to start. We have six pages of questions. We have eight different ways to open the interview. We have you heard all this. We have. We, we have. have. See, that's the key. Who Songs. writes your questions when we do interviews, Fillmore? <laughs> Mrs. Fillmore, she's smarter. You need the whole day. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And but the songwriting takes you to everything else. Yeah. And again, the early stuff. He went to England twice. People don't know that. He he put out a solo album that had a lot of the hits that they had to repurpose. They so he but Hein is not reading this off any page. He knows this. I know, and this is the craziest part. Is you know when we go do our interviews and I have my notebook of questions, right? And I write and I send you them. I scratch them out. You give me feedback. We go back and forth and we really do this for weeks on end. I mean, guys, when I say like we go through this rigorous process, I'm talking weeks on average, painstakingly scratching out things, rewriting things, Sending each other shit back and forth. I don't hear any of that happening. And plus, when the thing's done and I'm in the editing process, I will make it so you guys don't have to hear some of the bullshit that goes on when there's something redundant being said or the question didn't go anywhere because, it, you know, sometimes you leave that in because whatever reason. But uh, he left in his piss breaks. Why? But there's all this is my point. There's also, though, this is the part that makes me even more mad. It's you can have the fact that you tried your best, but you can still have regrets. You can still have, I wish I did this or that or said this or that. Sometimes there's no ability to direct people to answer things in a way that you hope they will, but yep. you try to make a conversation or make the best of it. I'm not saying we're perfect either. The point I'm making is. You go back and then you say, I wish I would have done this or that. You're the onus is on you. You can't blame everybody else. And you can't also excuse it away because somebody has a huge career. <laughs> just just say I'm a, I fucked up. It's I'm a doofus. I fucked up. 
didn't know anything yes. about them. I didn't study. I didn't I, read anything. I didn't right. look at anything. I did nothing. Yeah, that's it. And you yeah. know, and it's one of those rare artists where you just did it playing all those songs. You off the top of your head, Robin, know 40 or 50 of his songs, like without even thinking. It doesn't matter. She was potted down the entire fucking interview. Why are you asking Robin anything? I was going to say that. Why is John Hine asking Robin a goddamn thing? Because nothing in that interview, by the way, sounded more annoyed when she piped up. You mean it sounded annoying? Yeah, like she, Howard, sounded annoyed when she piped up. Like nothing, nothing was clear about, I would have rather listened to Robin interview him because at least she knows him and his music, whether than Howard faking it. Well, that's it. And then listen, guys, you, you, this is, he wants to, in addition to everything else we've talked about that he's fake about and him being a fake rock DJ, there's nothing worse than someone trying to talk about shit they have no clue about. You can hear you hear it before you hear it. Like in your heart, you go. So you're full of shit, basically. Like you don't actually you didn't read the book. You didn't watch the movie. And it's anytime he had a guest in that was promoting something and he clearly didn't do his homework. It was obvious instantly that because all of a sudden every single question he ever asked, which is lazy interviewing anyway, one on one is is thrown out there and it shouldn't be. It should very easily be very simply be okay this is what i got to read through the questions and not only that i got to maybe do a little homework and look it up and say you know i read your interview with esquire and i thought it was great your rolling stone interview whatever i want to ask you a little more about this simple really simple but you do got to do the work you do have to do the work i think it's you know howard probably had the understanding or the i guess the the admiration from well, how most people like Simon and Garfunkel. I had it. My parents had the record. They used to play it a lot when we were cleaning. So mm-hmm. I knew all of their greatest hits. I loved them. I thought they were awesome. But that's the extent of my knowledge. If right. I wanted to go deeper into his life specifically, I would hone in on that. And I think Robin actually did have a better understanding of his musicality and catalog. So for him to say, I wish he would have went into poetry and musical theory. No, you don't because you don't care because if you did, you would have asked him. One of the questions, I don't know if it's part, it's in part one, but I have it clipped for the second part. He said, look, I know you, I I know you, uh, were uh, a music, uh, sorry, I knew you were an English lit grad. And he goes, that had nothing to do with it. (laughs) But that's the other thing. So then when he says that. Yeah. Then you know that talking about poetry is immediately eliminated because that didn't matter to him. Right. So when you talk about draws on inspiration. Right. It's not going to be from that. No, it won't be. And so, yeah, just ask him what bands he likes, whatever. What what, what is he like? What is he listening to now? That's just common shit. And it's, and it's also the most derivative, you know, the most like perfunctory kind of questions you can ask a person. But of that stature, you just ask them all kinds of things. People they toured with back in the days, backstage stories, funny stories, anything, anecdotes. Twice about it. I wrote a song about it. It's called 50 Ways to Interview Paul Simon. Uh, let me sing a little. <laughs> 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 anyway, uh, I, Mike, you know what? It's a conversation, honestly. And I always 
feel afterwards like, well, I should I didn't get to this, I didn't get to that, but whatever we get to, it'd just be an honor to sit there and hear him and That's not what know. anybody cares about though. Like what, it's not the, an the honor. honor. Yeah. Do no, you he, think he, your audience cares about the honor? No, and he's all about star. It's about connections too. Because one thing, and he talks about it in part two. He's more. He's good friends with Lauren, Lauren Michaels, and Howard desperately wants to get in with Lauren Michaels. But it's all the heads of everything until they're until they're reduced to nothing. Either whether it be through Me Too movement yeah. or whatever, then he doesn't care about you anymore. Speaking but, of which, do you think the Jan Wenner uh, snafu recently, the, the controversy with him and that interview he gave, do you think that uh, uh, will uh, torpedo Howard's chances of getting into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a broadcaster? I don't know how that's going to go. If he even wants that, I mean, he might feign that he doesn't, but he likes honoring of any kind. Loves, it doesn't he matter. He loves being honored. Don't, don't even fool yourself. And if he does, that speech will be like a fucking, I'll be we'll like, we'll, we'll be taking that apart like an autopsy. Remember how fucking butthurt he was, Filmer, when Wendy Williams first got uh, inducted into the, uh, the radio, radio Hall of Fame? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had to he had to debase the Radio Hall of Fame, and that why wouldn't he want to be in that all that stuff? But then once he got in, it's not like he did what the Sex Pistols did. The Sex Pistols in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they sent a letter saying "fuck you, we're not coming." It's a bullshit thing. That's yeah. the most rock and roll thing you could have done, and um, and he. Rather than say, fuck them, he still accepted it. I still, I just was rewatching a clip of Wendy Williams during when she was a radio broadcaster and a listener was like, I don't know if my husband's gay. He went down on another man and she goes, denial is a river in Egypt. Your yeah. husband is gay. Yeah, she's, she's something else. <laughs> Referring to is how do you make the guest comfortable? Like mm. you can't take necessarily your high energy self into right. an interview with a person who needs to be coaxed into it and like how well, do you gauge that how does oh well i'm uh, i'm taking oxy needs to be how coaxed into it and like how well, do you gauge that oh well i'm uh, i'm taking oxycodone before the interview so that i'm oh, really, really so you yes, can get very relaxed out. <laughs> mellowed out okay all right mike thanks yeah. he wasn't mellowed enough to, to refrain from interrupting him many times but I have a question. How yep. is he a mellow person or how is he a hyper, excuse me, how is he a hyper person that has so many things to ask that can't control himself, explaining himself in this way, but he starts every show with, I'm exhausted. I'm tired. <laughs> it's funny how that works out. Uh, the next one is called Lisa, troll caller, question mark. Go ahead, Lisa. Howard. Use that uh, woke uh, title and use it as a compliment. Dude, you were woke talking about strippers and hookers and blowjobs in the 90s, and you're woke yeah. now. All it is is you're topical, you're amazing, and fuck them. Fuck it, baby. That's it. Hey, you sound Wait hot. Oop, better not say that. <laughs> yeah, Oop, woke. better not ask her her weight or anything and then do the no. moose now. That's the broad that does the Jennifer Ritz voice. I can tell it right away. I was just going to say that. That's the Jennifer Vitz voice. Yeah. It, it should, the last part, that when she called, the, the second part really tipped me off. Now, what this is, is, of course, it, this is in relation to the uh, Howard's uh, Woke Hunt, the, that, that's, that series we did. Um, he had to 
addressed this a little bit, I believe, uh, but it, there's going to be more in the next day or the following week because this is the the Wednesday of that week. And then he's going to have to bring it all up because he's now finally addressing the Trump tweet in not tweet, but whatever Trump's truth social post, whatever that Trump did and all the stuff that we discussed. But he has to he he's now embarrassed that he used the term wrong and he knows it. And, and he's going to have to go dig dig himself out of that stupidity hole. Listen, yeah, this gaslighting from some recycled caller that they mm-hmm. have calling for a multiple pay- reasons to yeah, dig him pay- out of a hole, which is yeah. so obvious because I remember hearing this voice in my headphones. Right. This is such BS. It is. Oh, oh, you were woke when you did the strippers. And the, no, that's the point. You dipshit. The point is that wasn't woke. That was actually misogynistic and shitty. But fine. We could live through that if you own up to it. If you own up and say that was the period of time that we were living in where nobody cared and that was acceptable. But I guess I pushed a culture on women that wasn't great. I'm sorry. Fine. Never never apologize. Never apologize. Yeah. Fuck them. Keep it up. All right, baby. All right. Thank you. Next one is, uh, this is funny. He talks about, uh, I think like, um, uh, what's it called? Epidurals basically. Like it's about, it's called wig math with 80 year old Tom Morello. You, when you, when you hear the clip, you'll understand why he's retarded. I know my mom describes feeling nothing as I popped out. She was <laughs> unconscious. They knocked her out. And there I was. You're not unconscious when you get popped out. What he's what he's stu- stupidly not understanding is the epidural kills the it's it's a it's a pain deadener for the spine. Right, it goes into the spine, doesn't it? Yeah. When I had my epidural, I um. But it's for natural a... childbirth. When you do a C-section, you're out. But not when you do natural childbirth. Yeah. They asked me at some point when I was like in a lot of pain, like, do I want an epidural? But they said it will last for this long. You're this dilated. So do you want it? And I said, yes, I fell asleep within five minutes and I fell asleep through my entire labor. Really? And then they woke me up to push. So they said that, that hi, Samantha, you're 10 centimeters. So I fell asleep through my entire labor. But I wonder if I wonder if Mary Morello uh, actually was, you know, back back in those days, they used to knock you out when you had a baby. I hope I hope she felt Tom coming out of her. No, they used to do the old uh, epidural. So you were you were oh. awake. 80 years yeah. ago, you did an epidural. <laughs> Tom Morello is just now 60. So Wiggy Math, he's 80. The only thing that I thought was strange is like, I remember watching I Love Lucy episodes when like little Ricky was born and the Mm. dad couldn't come into the room. That used to be the way. They'd be smoking cigarettes in the waiting room and then they would make up the wife to look presentable to the husband to present the baby. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't even know if they still have that window that they used to have show in movies of the, the little, little newborns in the bassinets so that all the prospective parents can view them. I think the uh, hospitals I've seen, they bring them out specifically knowing like individually, there'll be a, like a, 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 what do you call it? A, not an intern, but a, a nurse uh, holding the baby in her arms to just and open the curtain and show the parents, but they're, and then they take them back to the, you know, incubator it is. Um, 
is do I they still have the display like you can actually like you can see all of them in their little uh things like all the if babies you, that are if, that if day? you want them there mm -hmm. interesting if you if you say no and you want to sleep with them and get rest or if you don't you that you can have them in the room with you or you can oh. say no i want rest well <laughs> get it away from me <laughs> I'm I, tired. I, wasn't nine months with this little fucking bastard enough? <laughs> no more. Billy? He, he's not 80. No, but she probably gave birth to him when he was like, he's in his when 50s. He was so like, she he's... was probably. He, <laughs> she what? gave birth to him when he was a, a baby coming out of the womb. What do you mean? What, how old was he? 80? <laughs> if he's 60, why would it be 80? Right. She was probably 30 when she gave birth to him. Takes so, 20 years. That's what I'm saying. She got the epidural. My mother so got you the think, epidural. Really? You know, the hospital was probably 56 years old when he went in. <laughs> oh, and, and the the uh, the uh, the doctor, the 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 obstetrician who delivered the baby must have must have been like 72. So figuring that what's with these fucking he's you know what? He just fucked up and he's trying to cover it up with all these numbers. On top of it, like he said, oh, it's like 80. She's like 80. What, so do you think because maybe she was 20 when she had her that Tom somehow has 80-year-old medical practices? Like, what are you talking about? So, so if anybody remembers the next, the next clip, the, get, the subject of the next clip, Grace Potter, who was a um, – she released – a couple albums in 2015 and I believe one a few years ago. I don't remember their names offhand, but she was singing back up for the stones on a tour, I believe. And, um, he, someone brings, I think it was Marianne from Brooklyn brings her up and he has no fucking idea who she's talking about. Now, this is a person I mean, you guys hear the clip for yourselves. And I, I didn't know either. I had to look it up because I didn't hear the clip. I didn't and, know either. Yeah. So, but, but he, the master interviewer just spent time talking about Paul Simon and all the stuff you can talk about. <laughs> Doesn't actually remember a guest. I don't know that Gail is. Oprah swears she's not on Ozempic, but it's, it's kind of weird that the two of them just got skinny together. You know what I mean? Together at the same time. Yeah. Right. Right. And I agree. It's that Ozempic skinny long ones. Oh, you should see Randy uh, from <laughs> American Idol, Howard. He's like uh, 60 pounds soaking wet. I know. I never knew who she was, only from your show. And her special was on Howard 101. It was fantastic. Grace, Grace Potter. <laughs> Right. Who is that? Grace Potter? Somebody who was on uh, the, she's a musician, yeah, right? Yes. Yeah. She picked all, right. all her favorite songs. She picked great ones. Right. And then I, I, know. I, I, I was in. No, I know. Don't. No, you don't. You have no idea. Yeah. That's, that's like you meeting him at a party and talking about, I don't know, uh, let's say uh, the Rolling Stones uh, fucking Between the Buttons album. And he goes, uh, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, that album. Yeah, it's great. And <sighs> not like you, you know, that's that's the sound you get. So anyway, the next one is called Zip Recruiter. <laughs> Thank you, James T, by the way, with these clips. Zip Recruiter Steak Sauce. Uh, Robin, I should tell you that Zip Recruiter. That's my place, man. You know what I say. Zip Recruiter. 
That's where you go for jobs. ZipRecruiter estimates A1. <laughs> I mean, AI. AI. A1. I was like, hey, what is he I call about? it. I, A1 is a steak sauce. ZipRecruiter yeah. says if you want to work for A1 steak <laughs> sauce, they'll try and hook you up. And hey, uh, you say AI. I say A1. Uh, <laughs> you fucked sorry. up a live read. <laughs> This ain't Johnny Carson doing Mrs. Paul's fish fillet, fucking up a, a blooper. This is Howard fucking up a one of his like few live reads. You, yeah. that's what I'm saying though. That this wouldn't matter if you showed me this clip back in the '90s when he was the shit. Yeah. Who cares? He's right. reading whatever he said. AI, A1. A1. Who cares? The difference now is that you don't even have squatty potty. No, you have to read correctly. Yep. Zip recruiter estimates AI will create over 100 million new jobs around the world. Yeah, not uh, A1. A1 will AI. not create any. A1 will create some jobs, but how many jobs are in steak sauce? Uh, this includes jobs like product designer. Okay, so there, guys, we are done with that particular day. Now, the next one is from the 25th. So the following weekend, Monday, Wig has absolutely positively no idea why he's in the news. Telling you about my weekend, it gets weirder from there. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So, so um, I don't know if you heard about this. It was so fucking bizarre to me. Oh. All of a sudden, um, Friends started to write me on Saturday, I guess it was. I, again, my days might be wrong. Maybe it was Sunday. Friends yeah. start to write him. Yeah, I don't know which day it was, but friends. And I also don't know what friends they were. I don't believe that because he has Google alerts. He knows yep. exactly what's happening. No friend of his is going to give him the bad news or good news that any press has talked about him. Do you think yep. anybody gives a shit when they... Turn on Twitter, turn on Google, whatever, and see Howard Stern in the news. They're going to be like, hey, man, just wanted to let you know. <laughs> I got to get your back. <laughs> <laughs> I, wanted to be the, I wanted to be the black cloud of reality coming crashing in on you. Yeah, here. because that's comfortable, and Howard loves that. Bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, it says here you were caught. You were caught fucking around <laughs> with your with your stylist. Uh, I just wanted you to know. Heads up. Love you. <laughs> Hey, I heard that stylist of yours was kicked out of a club for possibly uh, surfing ecstasy to people. Dealing Molly. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I heard your uh, stylist was open palmed with a bunch of salt looking drugs, looking with strangers licking them off his palms. You care to yeah. comment? Yeah. Any 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 thoughts? Your thoughts? Um, yeah. So here we go. Thanks. Friends started to write me, hey, <laughs> uh, I just, whatever happened to people having opinions in this country, and I support you, fuck the haters, blah, 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 I support you. And I was like, hmm, something weird must be going on. Yeah. Something's it, it was on how many, how many friggin' uh, videos did we play in that, those episodes? Four? Let's just listen to this. I heard from my friends that. Fuck people, you have opinions. You've had opinions your whole life. Would anybody ever start an email off to him or a yeah. text message about opinions? No. Well, 
it, this is supposed to do two, to one of two, like two things. First of all, one, it's meant to uh, sort of trivialize the whole media storm, which was a frenzy. It was also on every single social media app as a like a uh, what do you call it reels on on Facebook, but it was on yes. TikTok. It was on Instagram. It was making the rounds because he sounded like a complete retard, and uh, and 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 rightfully so. People were calling him out on it. And Greg Gutfeld and we played you know you know all these Jimmy uh, Dore, Jimmy Dore. Also, um, what's the other? What's the fella that? Um, Wrote the John Carlson. Walrus. Oh, Matt Walsh. Matt Walsh, yeah, okay. So we played those. You guys have seen them or heard them at least. And ultimately, uh, you, you do that to act as if it doesn't touch you. Like, it's not even something that was on my radar. I don't give a fuck. That's how little, that's how few fucks I give to about this stuff. And it also implies that you actually have people or in your circle that inform you of these things as if you're some kind of great benefactor. Right. It implies that you have people in your life that care enough about you to be so perplexed mm-hmm. by why anybody would be saying any of this. And it also gives the notion that you don't care enough to go right. on the internet and see that you're being talked about in negative terms at and- will. In multiple and publications that you didn't pay for, by the way. That's right. And also uh, 79, maybe use your pea brain to uh, do this in the future. When you don't care about it, you don't bring it up on the fucking air immediately following that weekend. Yeah. And when you also want to be known as this rabble rouser, rock star, shock jock, who is mm-hmm. so proud of his legacy that doesn't apologize for anything and has said in multiple interviews that you refuse to apologize for anything, maybe don't call yourself woke. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Strange is going on. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what? And then I heard from like another friend who wrote me an email and said, <laughs> hey, man, I hope you're OK. I love you. And uh don't you love when he does improv it's so wooden it's so it's so clearly bullshit no one's emailing him and you don't mention the friends like the other thing is if they are friends why not say who they are why not the fbi my law enforcement friend (laughs) from swat fuck yeah my friend uh donald rumsfeld messaged me and he told me that this is coming down my friend uh you know fucking my friend <laughs> that i that i openly brag i talk to nobody but beth and lock myself inside of the house and hate everyone okay my <laughs> my illegitimate child sam bankman freed <laughs> 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 Fuck, he looks like if Eugene, if Eugene Levy is Eugene Levy's Earl Cannonbear fucking character from SCTV News had a child <laughs> with Howard. It would look like that kid. He just I just got it in the news. He got busted for fraud. He he got he got convicted. So like for ten billion dollars worth of fraud. So what I I didn't read the article, it just came up while we're doing this, but I'm thinking to myself, you think? <laughs> yeah, I, I I was following this and Joe Rogan, it was so funny. He had Elon Musk on the podcast and they right. said the court person who draws the pictures must be in love with the guy because they made him look like fucking Clark Kent and Superman and they had like this chiseled jaw and they did a side by side of the court drawing in his fucking face and it couldn't be any more unlike him 
He said the guy in the court who draws the court pictures must have been in love with him or something. Talk about a talk about a jury that had earplugs, like earbuds on, listening to the game, doing anything they had, like knowing, like, do we even need to be here? I know it's it's ridiculous. The biggest thing about that was you you went on podcasts, you fool. After the fact. The game is to be sold and not told, homie. Why? It's like going on QF. You yeah. just ripped off billions of dollars. First of all, and Elon Musk said this in the Joe Rogan podcast. He said, oh, the guy wanted to get in business with me or have me do some business. And the first thing I thought was his office and his location is stationed in the Bahamas. Shady. Immediately shady. <laughs> the Canary Islands. <laughs> Well, I mean, nobody has legit business if you're stationed in the Bahamas. Listen, why don't we have uh, lunch in Switzerland? <laughs> he looks like he just rolled out of bed. Fuck. Yeah, listen, uh, I've got, there's this great Starbucks in the Canary <laughs> Islands I'd like to meet you at. Fuck. Here's oh, my girlfriend and I. We live in like some orgy house in the Bahamas and you know, playing back, Fortnite all day. <laughs> back in the 70s, back in the 70s, Led Zeppelin, the reason why they were always on tour was to avoid the fucking ama- the huge tax, uh, the tax, uh, they were tax exiles from England. They had to otherwise forfeit something like 90% of the money they made uh, because so they had what? to live on the the island of Jersey, the Isle of Man. They would live in Switzerland. They would go on tour. So they decide, well, the fuck, we may as well yeah. be on tour. So they're evading taxes for so long. And of course it made them nuts, especially the drummer who was like, they said he was constantly homesick. He had a family. This is like Robert Plant had a family as well. And they were just like small town guys that hit it big. And one of them knew how to handle it sort of, and the other one didn't. But, um, and so he turned to alcohol and drugs and stuff like that, but not not drugs, but alcohol, absolutely, and just was a complete shithead, uh, John Bonham. But um, but that idea that that you know you've got to be <laughs> you're located in these shady fucking tax wash you know <laughs> locations. <laughs> I, I exactly that's what Elon Musk said. And listen, I am no fan of paying Uncle Sam, especially the way they work our tax dollars. I'm the first one to say. Fuck that. And I don't like it either. But don't pretend that you're running some multi-billion dollar empire out of the Bahamas. and It's legit. (laughs) Uh, I really want you to go after Donald Trump. But then again, I don't want you to go after Donald Trump because that's what he wants. And I went, what the fuck is going on? So I was talking to my daughter, Emily, and she said, I said, people are writing me all this weird stuff. In fact, I even called a friend and I go, something going on. So you mentioned Emily. Why mention Emily and not your friends? Well. Who doesn't want to be mentioned? If it's just something as simple as, hey, check this out. Does he need the name Emily, though? So this is what I'm thinking. Because he rarely (laughs) mentions his daughters, Fillmore. Yeah, so his friends, his group of friends was Emily. No, but he needs the validation of here's somebody who is my child who I rarely mention. So you're going to be fixated on the fact that I spoke to my rabbi, the most, the most religious zealot daughter about the morality of what's being talked about and talked about in my name. And I'm going to mention that child 
specifically. So I'm going to, it's going to give me cover because if yeah. Emily says everything's fine, then my audience will say, well, that rabbi priest daughter of his, then it must be fine. Yeah. She's a holy woman. Yeah. So, yeah. And my friend goes, no, no, I'm just telling you, I support like he didn't want to be the one to break it to me that Donald Trump had tweeted about me or, or exed me. Um, or truth social me, whatever he did, he made a late, like Saturday night, like three in the morning. Trump was writing that I'm a broken weirdo. And that, uh, <laughs> loyal to him, which is bizarre. I mean, I don't work for you. Why would I be loyal to you? I mean, I don't even know what he's talking about. Well, you, first of all, you're not loyal to even the people you worked for. You sued them constantly. Look in the mirror. You both have the same reflection. <laughs> Pretty much. But anyway, he wrote about me that I'm a broken weirdo and I'm ugly and all this kind of stuff and that I'm irrelevant or whatever it is. And so uh, I was like, gee, what stirred this up? And then I put all the pieces together. So a couple of days ago, I went on the air and said that I'm woke. Now, I tell you the truth. I don't know what woke means, but <laughs> we know. <laughs> we know. To me, I said on the air, and by the way, when I said this on the air, I never ever thought anyone would care that I'm saying this. It's no, you you count on it. You believe that your your voice carries weight. It's you can't you can't do the dough in the woods thing first of all. And if you crave that spotlight, you crave PR, whether it's good or bad, really. And I think even like shows like ours, I, I believe in, on some level, we should probably just quit, quit the show and stop doing it just to stop feeding his fucking ego. But the truth is he'd find something else. He would find everything else he could to make himself feel important, feel relevant. I agree with you, but I also think he said it because he thinks it's plain to a base yeah. That he needs because yeah. he lost the base that is the polar opposite that he not used e to carry. Not, well, not even so, necessarily like if he says, the, if he says I'm the opposite. Well, hold on. Sorry, one sec. If it's not even necessarily the opposite, it's the 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 average blue collar listener, which he lost a long time ago. He did he never gave a shit about to begin with, except for what they could do to his bottom line. If he could make money off them, hence the whole swag discussion that he had. I wish I'd done Jimmy Buffett's thing, whatever, all that shit. However, um, it's really about getting those like next week. He's going to have Barbara Streisand in suppose when he's not not in. They're going to pre-record the fucking shit. And I can't imagine that because it'll be two of the biggest assholes on the planet talking to each other and two Jewish ladies. And um, the the idea that if he doesn't say these certain things, he's not going to get these guests is a little like it to me it's 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 counterintuitive to what he used to do which was we want people who want to be on this show do the show we'd right. love to get I these don't... other people if they if they're brave enough to come in and whatever and be grilled by me ask about how big their dick is what money they make who are they fighting with who are their ex-lovers what it was it like working with these people the questions that used we used to love well it was because of his immorality and so many other aspects of the show, which never really bothered me that much, mm -hmm. it, it made it so he could have whoever on 
no matter where they came from, what they stood for, what their politics were, that never mattered. Now, I know we're in a heightened climate of political polarity, which is annoying. I get it. But you don't have to, and this goes for anybody on interview shows, you don't have to cater to a demographic. I hate that. Just say what you mean, mean what you say, be who you are. And shut the fuck up otherwise. I mean, just do what you're going to do regardless as a person. If you don't believe in something, if you don't think some certain way, you don't have to say that. Like, stop catering to demographics. Well, yeah, and, and it's fear-based. That's yes, like, of course. Like he, because in the old days, we it used to be that if he didn't have a guest, it'd be fine because they would have lots to talk about amongst the staff. He'd find a way to make the, They'd find a way to make the show entertaining, getting callers. Call, callers made up a huge chunk of the show, right? Uh, and they came quite, from like, everywhere. Real, real callers across the country, people from out west who were just decided I'm staying up. You know, I'm just I want to call in. That's what I have to do. I have to be up at 3 a.m., whatever the fuck it is. So that was fine. And he was claimed then to be fine with it. We covered that in the Beth secret stash thing. Mm-hmm. But in the reality was, no, he got to a point where like, I don't want to actually have to do work. I don't want to coordinate stuff. I also don't want to pay my employees, which is why people are leaving. Like why you let go of the Howard TV staff? Well, it was costing you money and not making enough, but you should have kept them because all those people created content. They also uh, fed your ego. So it was worth it just to pay them for that alone. But here's the part where I think why he couldn't keep or and he had to stop also taking real callers is because now we're into this zeitgeist of if you have somebody on your show call in and say something offensive, not in line with the elites of whatever fucking bullshit nonsense that's going on right now that is not of the correct think think thing like some dystopian nonsense mm-hmm. you will be responsible for their talk yeah and it never used to be that way and so i can understand why that's like annoying but if i were him and i were the supposed quote unquote woke person wouldn't it be more woke to have people on that you might get a left curveball in and either debate it defend it uh disengage discuss whatever discuss i think that's the better approach which is what i think people like joe rogan adam carolla jimmy Dore do well it's like when when um when geraldo do you remember the infamous geraldo episode where he had neo-nazis on and a chair was thrown and it hit him in the face and he got bloody on camera now now, unfortunately, that was at a time when it was like not Jerry Springer, but Morton, uh, uh, Morton Downey Jr. Uh, he sorry, Morton Downey, Morton Downey Jr. I think that's his name. Yeah, he um, he decided, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, it was and it was that era where, you know, if a fight broke out on stage, that's great. Like uh, they all, it was all about visual, especially. And that was whatever you could do for ratings. It was fine. But I like the idea that. Geraldo would have all these people on to actually discuss their views, not for the sake of something rowdy going on, but the idea that, well, you put them at the table, have them not break bread, but say, look, let's fucking go, go at this. Oprah used to do the same thing when they used to have hip hop stars on talking about the, the record labels, uh, sorry, mm-hmm. the, uh, sorry, the stickers, the warning stickers, and they'd have religious people on, they'd have, um, like, uh, they'd have, you know, parent 
uh, activists, sorry, uh, parent advocates, uh, the advocacy yes. groups, da, 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 da. They'd have artists come in and defend themselves. It was great. It was dialogue and it was free. And I think that's what's really missing. And I really always thought that my young brain listening to Howard Stern thought that was always yes. his sentiment and platform. So for him to turn into this, I don't know, like, what did you call him? A school marm? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. If anybody wants to hear, like, see what real, real I interaction is like. Check out the Dick Cavett episode with Norman Mailer and Gore Vidal going after each other. And I can't remember the old missus that was on it, but it's it's riveting shit. Like and and there it's so antagonistic and it's real. There was no making that up. And but they were able to, you know, for the for the most part, just kind of go one for one and zingers and stuff. And it's great. And that's stuff that you'll never get on the Stern show because he can't chance something like that actively happening in studio. Like imagine someone that actually gave him some real pushback. Now I'm not talking Robert, Robert plant type. I got to get out of here. This sucks. The right. interview sucks. But someone saying who writes this shit for you? Like what exactly. the fuck kind of info department do you have? And, and then walk out and say, I'm not sitting here for this nonsense. Mick Jagger, if he had to sit through some of that Paul Simon stuff would have been gone in 10 minutes, not 40. Uh, yeah. Lucky for 10. How, the dumbest shit that I talk about becomes somehow news. It's weird. But anyway, I said, well, I guess I'm woke because, like, I'm not mad at Bud Light for giving a, a transgender girl a a can of Bud Light. I, like, I don't see the problem with that. They want to reach out to everyone. They want everyone drinking their beer. Okay. The problem with it is it's beer. You're aware. You're not a complete mentally ill person where you think that Bud Light, which is mainly sold in sports stadiums and drunk mm -hmm. by people who funnel beer at colleges, at sports games, at football games in America, is going to go for this. I mean, stop it. This is just common sense. At the same time, if it was a beverage I enjoyed, which I don't actually anymore, I used to drink Bud just as a, as a, for a cheap, if I wanted a cheap drink, that was a good option, a cheap beer. Um, something's changed in the formula. I don't like it. Um, but it, I wouldn't give a fuck if, if, uh, you know, if, if, I don't know. It's whoever if, cool. if, if, Kate, if Caitlyn Jenner decide they wanted to go after Caitlyn Jenner and get him or her, sorry, to um, advertise Bud Light, Bud. But I think it was Bud Light, wasn't it? It's Bud Light. Yeah, he went for regular Bud. So anyway, they didn't want to give it to Bud. <laughs> so I, I wouldn't give a fuck personally, but I'm a little more forward thinking than the average person who enjoys sports and stuff. And as on principle, a lot of people would just say, I hate this fucking agenda, whatever the reason is, I don't like it. And I, as a stand, I'm boycotting this particular beverage. I don't well, like to mix if you this. Look at and that, commercials you know. right. back then. It wasn't an agenda. It was just, it's about the beer. Right. You're trying to, you're trying to, uh, the, the advertisement should reflect the customer. Like they should, uh, they should see themselves in the ad, like enjoying after a hard days, you know, work on the ranch and like, let's pop open a bud, you know? And uh, to me, I hated those. Still, even those commercials were obviously idyllic and well shot and stuff, but they were meant to be rural, you know, like very, you know, rough, like working blue collar, essentially. And by the way, I don't like it 
as a woman that you're trying to backdoor this in with seeming like this has something to do with women either because it doesn't. It has to do about fun. It has to do about partying. It has to do about sports. There's something about a beer culture that has nothing to do with this agenda. So why are you pushing this? The other thing is just I'm, I'm just talking about numbers alone. I mean, if 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 the number of trans people, let's say, in the world was so substantial enough that it made fiscal sense to spend money on an advertising campaign to including them in some stupid campaign to make to get their business buying whatever drink you're selling or whatever product you're selling, I suppose I could get it. But the numbers are so small, why would you even bother trying? And because your numbers should typically be all right, just, you know, it's one of those companies that I don't even know why they have to advertise, to be honest with you. Like Coca-Cola, do they really need advertising in this, in 2023? Everybody needs advertising and marketing so you don't forget them. It's kind of like anything with PR. I understand that. Everybody has a marketing budget. But the thing that I'm, the thing that I'm more like confused about is why why would you think that your audience cares a flying fuck about this yes. i mean do you know your audience do you know your consumer but not and even if that. you I, don't know your consumer then what the hell are you doing like i just my whole point is i don't even know that the money you spend the money you make from the trans community would offset the cost of advertising to to appeal to them but that's the other part too is you don't even know enough to know the trans community most likely doesn't like bud light either i don't see many trans people going to football games like seriously i I, I mean like whatever they're drinking i I don't the average person drinks all kinds of things i don't know everybody's got their fucking faves let me put it this way i've known many drag queens in my lifetime especially back in the day when i used to go to gay bars every week i never saw a single person drinking a Bud Light. They were drinking cocktails, something They're drinking Cosmos. There's drinking tequila. They're drinking mixed drinks. You know, there's not Bud Light involved in any of this. So to me, this whole thing is so awfully done. And it's a little cynical as well. It's like, like all of a sudden we're going to like, we're going to appeal to another demographic suddenly because we will it. And because we make this advertising thing, that's not really how it works. It do, it's not how it works. And then Howard to be using this as some cudgel to explain that. Okay. Yeah. I don't even understand. Cause I care so much about trans people as if we haven't seen. <laughs> exactly when how we, we treat trans. <laughs> yes, thank having, you. Having Mike high pitch Mike win a TV by having Siobhan sit on his face. Exactly. Oh and cut and uh, throw a sausage at uh, Tula. Yeah. Oh fucking hell. Okay. Doesn't impact so, me. Yeah. I don't feel like transgender is being shoved down my throat at all. I know Ralph is being shoved down your throat, but I digress. Honestly. I don't see any transgender people anywhere where I am. He, he does. But I have. You know how many times he brings up trans 
And, and it, not only that, he, lately, <laughs> we'll get into it, trans porn is showing up in his suggested porn feed. And the only reason to have trans stuff show up on your fucking algorithm, like for whatever your porn you're searching for, is because you've actively been looking for it. That's the yeah. only reason. They don't just throw in, like, if you're into bondage, all of a sudden, you're not going to get, I don't know, midget porn. His algorithms recently are going like they're giving him trans stuff, he claims. And it's like, oh, I don't know why this is. I'm not into trans. I'm like, dude, you spent a lifetime. You sp- you watched trans porn with Casey and Ralph. You talked about that film Gia, you called it. And I, I have the clip. We'll go through it one day, maybe on a Beth's secret stash or something. And you, you know, claim you're this advocate. And then, and you, we, we know now already Android has the, um, like Android, probably Apple too. They have the thing picking up certain keywords. It's not just the phones themselves, Fillmore. It's the sure. algorithms based yeah. in the websites themselves. Yep. So they have Tracking visibility cookies. for you, what you mm-hmm. look up on YouTube, on TikTok, on Twitter, on everything that you care about and that you look at multiple times they pick up on that and so that comes reverbed in your feed all the time so it's into for him to say this is it's like some sort of i don't know boop this happened i don't know why that's now in 2023 you can't say that everybody knows how algorithms work right so isn't he admitting he watches transporns for pleasure all the time that's what it's admitting though yeah but he's too he's too much of a 79 to realize that's what he's doing, or does he want people to know that? He thinks though that this is somehow fooling people. Like I have no idea why this is happening or that is happening. I'm a married guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So is Rock Hudson. Yeah. <laughs> so is Tony Kurt. So is uh, Tony Perkins. But to say, I guess I'm woke because proudly I will say I love the vaccine. I was the first one online Friday for it at CVS. I got it. I feel grateful to this country for providing vaccine to me. I feel protected. I love um, uh, I love gay rights. I (laughs) uh, people getting a social. (laughs) Uh, uh, Your Honor, may I bring up Exhibit A, the homo room clip? Can I? Please bring up anytime he badgered people. You're gay. Right. You that's look gay. gay. That's gay. You sound like mm-hmm. a fag. Remember? Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. Why does that suddenly get swept under the rug? He's so for gay rights, Fillmore. Oh, big time. Security. I like people getting Medicaid. I don't know what woke. <laughs> I like people getting medicated. What are you, Jesus. Ricky Spears' father? <laughs> <laughs> yes. The opposite of woke to me is asleep, and I think I'm awake. I like I like to read mainstream media. I believe that tr- uh, Trump lost the election. Oh God. Okay. I like to read mainstream media as a counterculture icon. That is the stupidest thing you could ever say. Mm-hmm. You were the person people would tune into after every public sort of event that would happen, whether it be the OJ verdict, whether it be 9-11, whether it be the war in Iraq, whether it be anything. And we would listen to you, whether it be bad Academy Awards, shitty Grammys, we would turn into you 
because you were counter culture and you're sitting here right now and saying to us that I believe in mainstream media, then who the fuck are you? I didn't see any evidence that Trump won the election. I, I know 60 court cases were, were brought, uh, but nothing. So I assume, and I even think Fauci is a great person, not a good person, a great person. Why? Medical doctor who devoted his life to trying to prevent viruses and pandemics coming into this country. So I guess I'm woke. So, hey, I like it. I care about the climate. I care about the future of our country. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Do you see clear, like, I, care I, about I'm, the climate every time he starts up his personal helicopter? No kidding. It's just like I think I mentioned it about uh, Leo DiCaprio's fucking retarded, um, you know, white green green commercials. Meanwhile, he's on a private jet fucking some 20 year old. Uh, it's brutal. Just, just complete hypocrites. Uh, I'm, I'm woke. So I said, this. I guess you well, were fine. Oh, and you're so green, by the way, you care about the environment. How big is your fucking, how big is your uh, Palm, Palm beach mansion, Howard? Yeah, I, I'm not sure, but I just think that he's full of shit. It's so crazy to me. How many celebrities who say these things, like I care about the climate and, and vaccines or whatever it's, you don't give a fuck. Stop. You know you know who cared about, or I don't know if he's still alive, but do you know who really fucking gave it and put his money where his mouth was? Ed Begley Jr. I think he lives somewhere in New Mexico. His house is completely, completely self-sustainable. Solar power, um, you know, like it's unbelievable the way, what he, the way, and the, he did like a, you know how Architectural Digest used to sometimes have um, celebs featured the way uh -huh. Gary did at Sound and Sound Vision Magazine. Oh, we got to do that clip one day. Um, and he went through like, this is what we have solar heating. We have this for, you know, wind turbines and all this stuff. And, and not that I want to have that or that I care that much about it, but I thought here's a guy who for years has been an activist and is actually living the way he says he's living. Do you know who just is doing that? And they have a whole reality show about it is Pamela Anderson. It's she bought her grandmother's house in uh, Canada and BC, it's right on West. BC. And it's uh, an entire waterfront property that she's turning into a self-sustained property, F gardens, food, and she's building a flower shop on the property from the gardens, selling food, vegetables from the gardens. They're huge. Mm -hmm. And she's really doing this thing and she's doing the work on the reality show. It's her, her two sons and like a few people like architects and contractors and whatnot. And she's doing the work and. She wants a self-sustained property. So she's sussy. Basically, yeah. Yeah, yeah. sussy with bigger cans. Um, I uh, well, that's good for her. Fuck it. I don't have. I never had any animosity towards Sam. Uh, sorry, towards towards Pam. Um, she always seemed like, for some reason, I think Raven and I discussed this a little bit. She always seemed like inherently a nice person with really bad judgment. I think the best thing she ever did was. And I love this. It was her appearance on The View when mm -hmm. she stuck it to those bitches about Julian Assange. And I was like, good for you. Good for you, man. And I was like, look at the balls on Pamela Anderson. I was so impressed. I never found her sexy because it's not my t my type, the, the kind Me of blonde either. bimbo thing. It just mm -mm. seemed a little too uh, 
cookie cutterish and cartoonish because I just like brunettes and redheads more. But uh, and also she she there was that time in Playboy where her and Jenny McCarthy and who was that other one that claimed she was the most downloaded one uh, woman on the internet? Carmen uh, Electra. No, it was um, she's uh, Cindy Margolis who had they all had the same oh, yes. exact look, and I'm thinking. Do you guys just like follow a recipe for this shit? <laughs> like, is there some well, kind of, you know, I, I really actually liked Pamela Anderson more so when she was first on the scene and younger and mm-hmm. not so uh, not bigger boobs, not bigger hair, not so made up. Yeah. And I thought that that look was better. So I think she was naturally more pretty. I think that following the fame yeah. made her not attractive i think so to too me, i mean personally yeah, yeah per, yeah i mean everybody it's gonna float your boat i'm not saying she wasn't fit or this or that i'm just saying oh just to- i mean she was always beautiful there's no on there's no denying she was always beautiful but for me personally i right. i like more of the older stuff and yeah. i actually think she's really attractive now being this sort of no makeup self-sustaining person i like that it's anyway, it's, it's a look and it's getting her some publicity as well. So good on her. Hell, you said that you, you thought he lost the election. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so anyway, when I said I was woke, it unleashed a, a barrage of right wing media debating this. I guess it was uh-huh. a slow news day on Friday. So let me see where I think I have a uh, maybe I have. That's wild. Can I? I know, I know. (laughs) Who the fuck am I? Well, the reason why right wing pundits are the ones who are kind of leeching onto this is because I think a lot of listeners who now are some sort of like media personality in that ecosystem, they listen to Howard Stern. So there are people who have heard this evolution, like a Greg Gottfeld, of course, has listened to Howard Stern. Jimmy mm-hmm. Dore, of, cur- of course, listened to Howard Stern. So these people who thought he was this free speech martyr, who was this rabble rouser, who is this, you know, counterculture person. Mind you, Jimmy Dore, he, he doesn't count as right wing, I would say. Oh, he's not a right wing pundit at all. Yeah. He's a left wing one. But I'm saying right wing. So like a Matt Walsh who listened to him and... Right. Um, a Ben Shapiro, Mm -hmm. these people who have listened to Howard Stern, they, they're like, what the hell is this? You know, they are people who maintained who they were throughout their life. Howard's the one that changed. So the per, the people who are picking up on this are the people who were listeners, a lot of them, but who still, they, they are who they've been. And he, and when you when you do this thing like okay the, this is a little too obvious but Caitlyn Jenner being Bruce Jenner now becoming Caitlyn Jenner that's a physical transformation and it's painfully obvious and but not an what, ideological one no I don't believe so I mean I I don't no. know I don't follow Bruce and I didn't ever I, do. I never she's I the never, same person that she I was ne- I never eat the Wheaties could she still hurdle 
uh, do the hurdles. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I don't like, so, so that, that's, that's a little too obvious, but we're talking about is people that like, um, Ariana Huffington, uh, used to be Ariana Huffington, Stasinopoulos. She got divorced, I believe, and kept the, the, the Huffington. I don't know why. Um, she was originally a right winger and then became a left winger. She switched parties at some point. That's something that would get a little bit of publicity because she's a political pundit and absolutely would get some press at that moment in time. Howard getting press at that moment is also keep in mind, guys, if you're right wing or left wing, you do have to find things to discuss to keep yourself relevant, to keep your social media account active as well. There's always a little bit of that when this goes on as well. But don't you think that Howard had this great synergy of left wing and right wing? Because he stood for those principles of well, claim free to, yeah. speech. I know, but yeah. when we weren't well informed, yeah, his show kind of cross paths of that. Um, it existed yeah, in its it, own. It existed in its own universe, and then yeah. there would be the different things transverse, trans, trans, uh, transversing into it. And there's all of a sudden things that each things won't agree with, but there's right. a lot of things that each side would agree with. So they mm-hmm. always converged. And I thought that was the best part about the show, too, by the way, is the fact that nobody cared about that because we all right, left, center, listen to it. Yeah. Uh, the next one is called Robin went to Maryland and we went to Nobu. Uh, you oh. didn't go anywhere, did you? I just went down to Maryland. <sighs> <gasps> what? What? <laughs> Maryland? What were you doing yeah. down there? What are you doing, And you could hear just in the background the more of that that PVC rubbing again. What is that for real? I have I have no idea because at this point, so wherever he was recording from, wherever she was recording from, he wouldn't. So we know he wouldn't pot her mic down when there's no guest. It could be something from Robbins where she is. She's maybe on a couch say, or something. There has to be some sort of, there has to be some microphone There's, yeah, somewhere. Something, something's bleeding into the, into somebody's mic and it might be Robbins. So who knows guys? Anyway, thanks. Thank you, James, for pointing those out. That is an odd sound. It is. And I'm like, where is this? It sounds like where somebody's butt is. So I'm, I'm confused. Like, do they have speakers or audio that is just. Somewhere where they don't think it is. I don't know. Well, yeah, they, like the whole thing is when you get certain, these mics, I mean, the tighter the pattern, the the less ambient noise you're going to hear. Like I'm using a laptop and I don't know if you guys heard are hearing the cooling fan. Hopefully you're not. It's not that it wasn't that loud the whole time, but for a, a short like five minutes, it started to get a little louder. Uh, but ultimately, that's what you get this tech for. There's no reason for a show that prided itself on so many listeners and having so much money and him being so rich to have any type of fuck up like that yeah it shouldn't be sounding like uh you know some drunk kid on a leather couch right (laughs) doing indian rubber burns (laughs) (laughs) friends you mean covid infected friends or rsv infected friends yeah Uh, you're all right and uh that was on friday i went yeah and you felt the need to see people you like to be social is that it I, I He's have... making she's making her sound like a fucking leper, and this whole like, oh, you went somewhere, you went somewhere. Oh my god, oh, you went against my edict to keep yourself in your fucking castle at all costs. A few people I like to see. 
All right. How'd it go? All right. Fine. It was great. Yeah. Yeah, I realized the whole over to Rehoboth, where uh, the president lives. Really? And uh, yeah. And then I mean, met some friends for lunch. Your Zoom wasn't working. You couldn't see them over the computer. <laughs> you need to see. You need to see that they're real or something. <laughs> yes, I want to see a real human being every once in a while. Why wouldn't you, poor fucking thing? And we will address the people. Um, people magazine article that robin was featured in uh over a weekend in the next part of this guys so just trust me we'll we'll get to it but doesn't this also follow like that article also the podcast we did where we talked about um her going on the wrap-up show with gary Mm -hmm. and how she's sounding more human I guess you could say more relatable in a lot of ways that we haven't heard for a while. And I think when she's saying this, that, oh, I, yes, I want to socialize. I want to see another human. This is bringing us to another, the same points of like, Robin is definitely trying to do something right now. I don't know what it is, but she's definitely trying to get that point of view out. I think it's she's on her way out and they're expecting it to happen sometime in the near future. Uh, hence, do you remember the Pearl Jam concert they did for Sirius? And then yes. uh, they they arranged for Eddie Vedder to mention her from on stage. Yes. And Gary being looking very emotional at that time. And and Gary, you know, he's he's a he's 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 a, he's a human being, of course. He's entitled to feel however, but I don't believe he'd start crying if there wasn't some kind of ominous feeling like she ain't long for this world. I agree with you. And Mm -hmm. I think her speaking on, because I've heard this now a few times, not only in the wrap up show, not only in the people magazine article, but right now, Mm -hmm. yes, I want a human connection. People who want to feel and who have this understanding. And I hope more people get that sort of foresight before bad things happen to them Yeah. about how important it is to establish that connection, not only within yourself, but with people. Yeah. But a lot of people who don't see that, they will see it right before something bad's happening. Yes. And on her way out, she does not want to live like she, she's going to be more along the lines of, I want to do what I want to do now. I don't, I don't even have much time left and I don't have the time to entertain your childish bullshit anymore, boss. And yes, on top doesn't of, it on, make you angry, Fillmore? It's, it's, doesn't it's, it make it's, you angry? What? He's holding about, her back. Well, yeah, but not only like just, and not even on, on, on the basis of she's not allowed to talk about stuff on the air, like her personal life. And she had right. to go on this bullshit filler show in the summer relegated to that. That's already galling in my mind. If I'm Robin, I'm pissed off about that. I'm doubly pissed off that on examples of the, for example, the Paul Simon interview, my mic is potted down suddenly. Yes, we just, well, we talked about this in the show that I felt, you know, you're restraining somebody who actually has knowledge about his career, unlike you. Let her talk. Mm. Yes. And then you're also preventing her and making her feel bad because of your narcissism, your neurotic behavior, Mm -hmm. your shit behavior. And it's annoying to me that I feel this Robin wants to say something and I actually do want to hear it. So well, it's, yeah, 
one it's of really hard to hear yeah, this. It's it, it is and 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 to close this off guys um we, what will happen is like she understood what did happen is she understood as of 2004 probably earlier than that when Beth came in I think Robin it, there was a there was some kind of cutoff and she sensed it and she she waited until 2004 when she mentioned that on the like you know they did that thing where they read the text of what someone said and then they played the audio who is it yes. and she said we're not friends anymore she meant that absolutely but what she what she really want didn't understand was oh she lost the connection she, they were never really friends cuz she doesn't understand he can't have friends and what it was was she's not she's no longer going to be in the know she's not going to be confided in she's feeling depowered or de- not demasculated, but she's feeling like some someone has ter- uh, nerfed her, and so she's now like this passive passenger on a show that's now all about more and more about Howard. And so, hence, you start hearing all these, you know, what's Beth going to do when I'm dead? She's going to have a party. Uh, you know, are they a physical match? But don't you think these recent inklings is this, and how I'm feeling when I've listened to this live too? This is her passive aggressive or somewhat aggressive way of trying to reclaim what she's lost because she knows she doesn't have a lot of time. Yeah, she wants on the way out to, and I'm not talking about parlaying this into a show of her own because no one's going to give a fucking cancer patient a show. She might start doing her own podcast on the other hand. She might just start doing, like, I don't think, I don't know if she has the actual uh, work ethic to put work in once a week to do her own show. I think she's a lazy piece of no, shit, but just I like him. She's... But she definitely wants press junkets. She wants uh, appearances. She wants whatever forum she can to have a platform and become Robin Quivers in capital letters again. But I think she's doing that too because she knows he will not platform her yep. unless she's doing these things on the side that are going to draw attention to her. Mm-hmm. He's cutting little pieces of her stage up into kin into kindling and leaving her nowhere to stand. Now here's the irony of it in, I don't know how you feel about this in the beginning when she was doing this like health journey before she had cancer and was trying to cut in all her charity shit and green drink and dieting and books and whatever. It felt of course, shoehorned in and annoying. Yes. But then she had the cancer and of course the big lie of it all comes into play. Mm-hmm. But once it came out, now that she's been over time marginalized, like taking away the news and everything else, mm-hmm. I want to hear what she has to say actually. Me too. Not because I love Robin, but because at least it's closer grounded in some type of reality as opposed yes. to his fantasy. Yes. Yes. It's more yes. interesting like that, that, that bummer school, that, 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 that her, that the, the, sorry, not bummer school, the summer school program, we got that audio from where she didn't know mm-hmm. the, she forgot about the Mick Jagger thing. Okay. So if she has chemo brain, uh, because mm-hmm. she's going back through it and she clearly is, I was talking about this with CA Thompson. No one decides to stay bald unless they've lost their hair. Like if they're like me and they just didn't have a shot of having a full head of hair anyway, and it goes away. Or if you're doing chemo, recurring chemo treatments that result in baldness. So you just keep going with the wig 
uh, maybe she had a little bit of hair and that fell out, whatever, but you're doing recurring chemo and radiation and or radiation treatments. So it doesn't make sense to want to grow your hair anymore. You just stick with the wigs. It's a lot easier. It's not as, you know, you'd rather have your own hair, but that means she's been still dealing with it for the, since she got diagnosed and since she had the surgery. Yeah, and, you, I have and imagine, a, I have... imagine you're you're working next to a guy who claims to get hair awards. <laughs> That's fantastic. I have somebody at work with you. Same thing. They're reoccurring chemo, and they lot, and it's the eyebrows too. Yep. So it's I could tell that something's happening. Yep. And I want to actually hear it because I think she's been more honest than. And it's not like her honesty. I think it's just like a uh, longing for honesty on the show. And the only Mm -hmm. thing I've gotten so far in the last few years has been this that we've recently heard from Robin. Right. And any fights that Beth and Howard have on the air that are clearly uh, like Beth trying to assert a little more dominance. Yes. In it just is sad that like this is what it's turned into where we're just like longing for somebody probably dying of cancer and some broken bearded marriage right. to save our interest. <laughs> uh, well, I was going to ask you, um, did the, uh, they have another until 2025, I, I imagine that the current contract, right? So mm-hmm. if Robin, which we, we don't think she, we've been saying for a while, we don't think she's long for the world, but she's defied us. Uh, if she doesn't survive to the next contract, which is most likely, uh, do you think they get rid of Fred? No. Or do you I think, don't think he decides? He, do you think he decides to hang it up? He won't hang it up. I think um, he will use that as a catalyst for sympathy and a victim narrative, and carry on in her honor. If he if if Howard has to make less money though, I have a feeling he's going to ax both of them. Even if they both sur- even if she survives, I think he's going to go straight ahead and go into a pure interview show. Oh, about Fred. That's a good question. Um, yeah. Do I think Fred will get marginalized or fired if Robin dies? Um, I thought no, because you need some sort of. You need some sort of roots to tie you back to the thing that made you famous in the first place and nostalgic uh, goodwill. But I don't think he cares about any of that, actually. So if he's trying to just make moves that's going to make him what he thinks in his stupid brain is more famous, he's probably going to go with, you know, more like an e-news uh, juicy scoops type bullshit. If you went through the most incredible metamorphosis <laughs> and somehow transformed yourself into the best person you're capable of being, yeah. and you and Lisa G, after that metamorphosis took place, were on the top floor of a burning building, and it's just you two, and God told Lisa, I will give you the ability to fly if you kiss John the Stutterer. She would say no. I, I, I know. Well, 